Welcome to Honest Talk about heartbreak, dating, and relationships. Relationships. The podcast helping you navigate your path to happy ever after with your host, Rob McPhillips. So tonight we're talking about everything you hate about dating. In the breakout rooms, you've been discussing the juiciest dating nightmares and stories and confessions. Um, and I'm here pen poised, ready to take them all down and sell them to anywhere on the internet that will publish them. For anyone who's new, I just, before you do share it, anything too juicy, um, everything in the main room here is recorded. Um, and so you can listen. We only share the audio recording, but the breakout room discussion is private. It was brought to my attention last week that we um, can often get excited and talk all over each other, which I know I'm as guilty as anyone. Um, if we can try and put our hands and speak in an orderly fashion as much as we can, um, I think those, th there's a lot of us, this, these meetups have been going on for a year, so a lot of us got very comfortable with each other and we kind of jump in when we get excited about ideas without, um, and sometimes to someone that hasn't been as often, um, it can look um, a bit rude, um, but it's not intentionally. Yeah, if we start by hearing some nightmares or interesting stories, who's got the juiciest of all? You've listened to a few people's now, so who's got the... You can use anonymous, um, and you can say it was from a friend. We'll all know it was you. Um, so <laughs> now no one's going to share, are they? Anyone got anyone, anything interesting? Well, I can say, as you said about interesting, it's not necessarily a story, um, but a thing that bugs me in dating is um, when you show interest and it's not exactly reciprocated. So when the other person, um, I like to dig deep with people and get to know people. Um, so I'll do that. And then often they'll respond with almost like a monologue and ask nothing in return. <laughs> And then they'll often say on the end of their message, oh, I really want to get to know you. I'm like, yeah, go on then, ask me a question, <laughs> you know, get to know me. Um, so I think it's, it's kind of annoying when people like interest that you give, um, like like the attention, which is cool, but then they just forget to reciprocate almost. And it's like, well, you know, it's not going away then, is it really? So that's annoying. Um, I'm wondering, is that a, a male-female thing? I do get it. Yeah, I don't know. Possibly. Um, I think we're from women as well. I think I think it can happen with women as well, actually. But um, I, I, I can I, definitely. I can yeah, I'm speaking over you again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I converse more with men myself, so, um, yeah. so it happens considerably with men. Yeah. No, I I can I can definitely relate that you you show interest in someone and they kind of tell you about themselves and. Personally, I take that as a uh, sign of whether someone's interested or not. Um, a lot of women complain about men talking about themselves a lot on date. I guess that's kind of a point, though, isn't it? I mean, you are opening up and showing who you are. Yeah, but without any interest in the other person, kind mm. of is is the complaint that usually comes over. Um, okay, thank you for that, uh, Sandra. Like there is the talking about yourself um, in an interesting way, and then there is the talking about yourself in a boastful way, yeah. and it doesn't. And that kind of a talk that is um, boastful, repetitive, 
constant um, and just does not give you any space to even ask a question about what it is that they're telling you. Um, and needless to say, there's absolutely no interest in you <laughs> in any way, <laughs> in any shape or form. And um, that may not be just for that occasion, but every time you see that person, it is an ongoing just me, 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 and all of the things that I have and what I do and who I know and how important I am, etc. Is that usually as a um, trying to impress you with how, what they have and what they've done? Mm. I think it is. And also there are some men who just love to gossip. They know everybody about town and they know everybody's business and they know who's going out with who and who is whatever and who did whatever. I don't know if you've ever met any of those, but I've known a couple of those and it is a nightmare. It is tiresome, uh, you know, and they never say anything about themselves. That's the thing. They, it's a deflection. I think it is. I don't know if it's an insecurity. So they deflect by telling you about all of these, the, 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 the people who are the, what I call the pretty people about town. So all of the beautiful people, they know them, the in crowd, they know them, they know who knows who, whatever, and who is sleeping with who, and who broke up with who, and who blah, blah, blah. So they know all of that, and but never reveal anything about themselves. Yeah, so it's sort of a similar thing, as in information is, um, information is power, um, and I know this, so therefore I am powerful. Um, Anyone else? Generally, it's very difficult dealing with somebody that is very powerful. When I say talking all the time, whether it's a friendship or a date, you have to really push yourself forward to even get a word in edgeway so they've got no listening skills. Yeah, so those three are, are kind of sub-brackets of the same, different aspects of the same self-focused. Self so it can be gossip or it can be... Powerful. Right, come on, men. We're we're we we've got a we've got a um, balance out the gender. Wait, what, what exactly are you asking? What's what what is the worst thing about online dating or some worst date experiences? I'm just looking for gossip here, Carl. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, so, um, my first ever grown-up date was when I was 17, and. Um, her name was Mo Maureen, and she was very lovely. I think she was 17 as well. And we were all grown up, sitting, having a glass of wine, 17-year-olds, illegal, um, and uh, we're having a really good laugh, getting along. Oh, what's your hopes and dreams? Oh, I'm a child, for Christ's sake. But anyway, so she says, well, you know, do you want to come back for a cup of coffee? And I said, oh, okay, then we'll do. So I think we had this bottle of wine, but might have had a small bottle of champagne as well. And... We kind of started kissing and uh, I thought, oh, you know, my luck's in here until she projectile vomited into my face because she drunk too much. So that was my very, very first ever date and it just went to absolute shit. So, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> you win. Yeah. Right. Can anyone top Carl's date? I, I, I think for me it's interesting that when we say about communication, and I think we sort of gender-size it, that's that's what I find, is that I think you get people who are open and honest and communicative, whether they're men or whether they're female. 
So that sure, a lot of guys would like to sort of put it out there, their prowess. You know, I'm a great mind. I've I've done this, I've done that, and all the rest. And and classically, and 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 again, not always, but classically, a woman might put it out there about how caring and nurturing they are. You know, because they're stereotypical roles. You know, um, but I think the the thing is 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 really whether or not you're meeting somebody and being honest. That's that's the big thing. And and I did try online dating once, um, and I found that to be a complete waste of time because both men and women never say who they are and what they want. So I, I, I mean, for me, for example, if you're after a long-term relationship, you can see somebody that doesn't want to be messed about. Okay? So I'd say, okay, let's meet up. Um, and then you find actually, no, that's not what they want. They want something quick and easy. But one woman actually told me that the problem is, is as a woman, I can't, I don't feel I can put what I really want on online because other women will shame me. Yeah. Um, so it's, we, I, I think men and women both set, set difficulties around what they want. And it's, it is just to be just open is, is, is the way forward. Um, yeah. And, and also if you go on a date and people talk constantly about their job and how much they earn, that's for me, that's a complete turn off altogether because, um, you know, again, it's a prowess thing sometimes. Uh, and I like to listen to what people enjoy. What sort of things do you enjoy? What what things do you like? Not your friends or this, that, or the other. What, what actually, on a Sunday afternoon when you're bored, what do you do? You know, what, what makes you happy? That sort of stuff. But I, I, I guess it, it depends where an individual is in a particular time as to how they want to be open and whether they meet someone and they feel... Well, I can I can feel open with this person because that body language thing is such a massive a massive thing going on in, in the subconscious. And you know, somebody can move or put a gesture, and you can close down mentally without realizing it. So it's um, it's being inhibited, but that leaves you vulnerable. But that's the only way to do it, really. You know, and then you just have to hope the other person's the same. I I don't know. I am. Um not looking for in my soulmate, which I have seen on several gentlemen's profiles, looking for my soulmate, looking for the one, looking for a long term, um, the, 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 the permanent um, romantic um, relationship. How do I know what I want with you? I don't have a clue. I am not going to make that commitment uh, um, up front. As a matter of fact, when I see them, I run. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't want, I don't want, I don't, I don't want that at all. And I would just rather you want to meet people because that's what I'm saying. And we take it from there. But if that is your aim up front, then it means you're going to probably be coming at me and wanting to consume me and take charge of me and <laughs> and sit, you know stick to me like a leech no way when it was online dating when I had the situation I was 17 and I was in the let's say in the one tech, it's a technology you know what is the pieces? And one of my classmates, he will start chatting. And I was, I thought I chatting with the ladies. Unfortunately, it wasn't the lady, it was him. 
And we had nice chat, everything. At the end, we stood up, okay. And he was somewhere, somehow just said one word. What I thought is the lady said. And I find out actually it was him. I was so pissed. I didn't use for the next 20 years online dating anymore. So, yeah. You never know who's behind the screen. There wasn't a picture. Well, even if it's a picture, you know, you don't know what kind of picture is that, you know. That's another one. These days, you find ladies who like, oh, if you will donate, you do this, uh, I, I will, uh, you can sleep with me and everything. And I was like, uh, uh, that's not with me. Or just say you are foolish or something like that in this website. And I was like, wait, does it working with any man? Sounds like it is. Because she was so confident to do that, you know. And you've still been married all these years. Very special. Okay, so I'm not sure if it was uh, Veronique or Selena. Um, can I just Yeah, I mean, Selena, I, you, you're first in the alphabet, so. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have said it this evening about um, expectation. So normally when people ask me, I just say, look, I'd just like to meet someone and date and see how it goes. I mean, I don't know whether it will end up forever or whether it will just be right for now. Um, and I think then it gets misconstrued as somebody who, I am somebody who just wants friends with benefits, but actually that's not what I meant. Um, and, and the thing is, I think there is a re I mean, I am slightly a contradiction. So in the sense that there is the side of me that is wanting someone to be in a relationship with. And, but then on the other side, I like my independence and I like to be able to do things that I enjoy doing, even if the other person doesn't want to do them. Um, and, and, and I have like cultural complications in the sense that, you know, tackling my family would always be a challenge. So it would have to be somebody that's a very strong character. So sometimes, you know, you can't always please everyone. But one of the things I would just like is for people to be open and honest. And I'd be happy if somebody would just be open and honest and be a good communicator. I mean, I'm not asking you know, for a house and a car and a, I'm just asking for those three basic things. And, I, and, I, and I'm not sure why those three things are hard to find. I would say, though, you probably do want to ask for a house and a car because otherwise you'll be on the bus. And, you know, if you want to have private time together, you'll be at his mum's or something. So I would definitely go for a house and a car. See, for me, those are not important because I have a house. So, but it's just, you know, like, you know, I don't know if anybody else has done this, but I kind of, when I was a ch young person, young child, I made this list of things because I grew up in a male household. So I have five brothers and a father, so there was no female influence. So I wanted the 10 things in a person that I would end up with in the future. Um, and there was no um, monetary things on there because I always was um, raised to kind of work hard, you know, achieve, all those those sorts of things. 
And it's really surprising how it's the monetary things are really easy to find, but it's the other stuff that is really hard to find. So, um, well, one aspect of dating in my mind is like sweet and uh, joyful and it's just meeting people together and dating in the world of dating for me is like more intimate so it's nice you know for me I like intimacy actually I like intimacy on in all relationships which means like authentic truthful you know whatever the person is whatever I am is that connection so I like that so even dating is really nice and uh, but when I when I look at the other side of dating the word dating to me is like selling you're just selling it's like my age is a, is a is a contract it's everything so and 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 when I didn't look into the because I don't have the opportunity to meet people naturally so if I really want to to date I would look for online things or you know certain ways of 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 allowing this to come to me. So dating is a lot with apps and stuff, which I did join one recently. And um, and and then when when I when I when when I get the text, even the feeling is like it's like that. It's like it's you can feel the word, even if it's a high. And and it's like it's like there's an expectancy. I don't know what it is. It's probably my 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 projection maybe because because what I have had meeting like this is that at the beginning even of a relationship it's very beautiful but then the man really completely changes and I've had the most horrific relationships coming from there so this is a little bit in my mind now I've changed so I've, I'm looking at my boundaries and stuff I've just learned that but still you know the the the, the, the notion of dating is, is like is like very perturbing in a way because one it's uh, it's the expectation of the other it's not I mean one of them said oh I'm looking for friendship when I did respond he said well actually you know what kind of you know the intonation was I'm actually looking for sex and I'm married and I said well why didn't you put that down you know why uh, did you not say that openly that you're looking for sex on the site rather than say friendship. So it's like this, it's very uh, underneath, it's, it's very not truthful and, and, um, and, and like that. And it's very, very off-putting. So uh, I'm hoping for the universe, <laughs> the universe just, you know, bringing someone. But we're talking about dating and we're talking about how it is and, and this is how it is. That's it. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Yeah, um, I think like as uh, Selena said before, I think it feels a little bit like you're, you're filling a role. Like if someone, it's like someone's got this marriage opportunity or partner opportunity and they're just interviewing people to um, to fill that role. Um, so when you said... Um, when you said you, um, like someone sent a text and you have that reaction, what is that reaction? Well, uh, the reaction is, um, <laughs> it's like, I know what he's after. And you see, I, I'm open to sex, but I don't like it when it's expected of me. You know, I want to, feel, and, and I, I've got these senses that a lot of the men that were like connecting is like, even the way they look, you know, some of them are like, like Hawaii, you know, the body and all that stuff. 
and uh, and or, or when they send the photos later on, they send like we you know the talks only, and what does that mean? You know, so uh, I I I don't feel right because they're expecting sex, and sex is fine as long as you you get the, the feeling of the person, you know, the connection, and that comes naturally. But the dating for me is what it is. You know, like like you mentioned so many times on all your talks, we are a bit like animals, and uh, and then the male seems to be more woman, you know, in that respect. And I'm not talking badly about any of the men on this side. <laughs> I'm not, but um, you know that that's what I'm getting from the from the app. And actually, I don't get this when I meet people naturally. Actually, I don't I don't get that when I meet somebody naturally at a party or or somewhere. It's all beautiful, to be honest. But I don't meet them. That's the only problem. <laughs> you know. Okay, thank you. And uh, Carl, does that re website come with recommendation? No, I, I think that's where Veronique should send her um, patrons. That's so weird that they would say, oh, hello, um, I'm married, I'd like sex on the side. That's really weird. That's so, um, but yeah, so I felt an enormous amount of frustration and I kind of set myself a target that I would like to meet somebody naturally and in person, if possible, or not under the context of dating apps because there's so much that comes with it so the first thing is it's an absolute stranger and I was having a conversation in the breakout room it says it's kind of like a throwaway culture so we don't treat people with the same level of decorum and respect because we're not interconnected we don't have to face them through family or friends or anything so the the humanitarian aspect gets torn down the other thing is um I do have a guilty pleasure, which I've shared before. I watch a TV series called 90 Day Fiancé, which is two strangers who've got 90 days to get married. If they don't get married in that time, they don't get a visa. Yeah, I know. I don't ask. But the point is, is that you get to see how that plays out with people who don't really know each other. So... It really frustrates me and there is a whole dance and a whole game of when will they text and when should I text them and do they really like it and it's I don't know for me it's not necessarily positive I did meet a long-term relationship on a dating app and it was terrible I didn't know what I was walking into with a psychotic mother her mum had five layers of plastic on the sofa and there was a blanket on top and she had a go at me for sitting on that seat even though there was like several layers, <laughs> her mum was just gone. You know, um, she never told me that, but uh, it doesn't really matter. But there was lots of stuff that wasn't communicated and I had no idea what I was walking into. So I'm going to stop rambling now, but I, I feel an immense amount of frustration with online dating. But um, it's really interesting to hear the females here and how it's overtly sexualized. That kind of demeans men, I think, because it isn't all about that. They're just taking cheap shots. And I think that's half the problem because it's there's a level of anonymity there. It's like playing the roulette <laughs> in a sense. And we all are. Sometimes your numbers come in, you know, jackpot. Other times it's crackpot. But yeah, not too much. Um, I think that I think that's really interesting. I think that's um, one of the dynamics that's really people are repelled by dating. Is there's something called Dunbar's numbers, which is basically how many relationships we are um, biologically able to handle. So uh, I think Dunbar's numbers are like, we can have five intimate, um, really close relationships like family. 
15 friendships um, and 150 casuals, so as in 150 people we know to be in a kind of a relationship. And when you look at environmental psychology, we know that somewhere like London is more aggressive and more hostile because the amount of space that each person has is much less than somewhere like where I am is relatively rural, um, where you can have a lot of space. Um, and so people are less pressured, less. Um, so like if you, if you go on a tube in London, nobody talks to each other because it's overwhelming to talk to that many amount of people. Whereas, um, it kind of seems to be like a, also a north-south thing. Um, my daughter's in Sheffield University, and she said, like, it's so much friendlier in the north because everyone talks to you, whereas in the south, everyone's a little bit more reserved. Um, and, yeah, so, so I think if we look traditionally, your dating pool, unless you were – particularly wealthy, and it would be an arranged marriage with someone from another county who was of a similar standing, um, it would be someone from the village. Um, and everyone would know how you treated them, whereas um, online dating is anonymous. You're probably never going to see most of the people you message. Um, and if it doesn't go well, you can just ghost them. Um, and so there's no... Um, there's no real investment and that how you behave doesn't necessarily get back to your network. Um, so yeah, I think that's one of the um, problems underpinning. It's, I think where our society gets too complicated, we're not biologically equipped to deal with it. And that's where um, the behavior that we have in, in dating comes from because it's from a more complex society. Veronique? What would you mean by not biologically equipped? What did you mean by that? Um, so biologically, um, we're built to be cavemen um, because in terms of evolution for uh, a species to evolve, it takes maybe like 100,000 years to evolve. And it's, we've only had civilized history, what we call civilized, in the last 10,000 years. So um, we're still equipped for hunt, like our stress levels, we biologically respond to stress in the way that we would if we were in danger of, of needing to kill a, an animal. Um, and so what Dunbar's numbers talk about is really the way that we're instinctively built to be in a society is with a maximum knowing a maximum number of people of 150, which up until the Industrial Revolution, really, of about 200, 250 years, we, we never had cities. So cities are a new phenomenon. Um, and then when you take online dating, which is last, was it the 90s? So we looked yeah, maybe the third, fourth decade of the internet, um, and that's entirely new for all of us. Uh, I mean, how many, I think most of us, maybe one or two, maybe two, three, um, who grew up before the internet? So, okay, everyone, I was, wasn't sure there was a couple that might be younger, but um, 
when I think I, I had children when the first time I went on the internet. So I was late twenties. Um, like I can remember the dial up modem. Um, so yeah, that's in, entirely artificial to us. So then, so there's, so what I mean is there's conflict between the technology, um, and, um, the way we instinctively behave. So where, where there's a conflict between the society we live in and the way we instinctively behave, that's where there's going to be a problem. Um, Carl. I just wanted to expand on this because, you know, I, I um, partook in something that was uh, leading edge at the time, but it's um, a little bit nerdy, maybe a little bit geeky, but sort of uh, live online chat. And we, all I found was there was all these people and communities, but most of it was people bickering. Nobody, you think when you have a global communications net, people say, oh, I've got this bit of land or I've got this money or I'm really good with electrics and people would come together. Now, it was used well to share information. So when things would break in the news, it would pass quickly, and which is good for online because things get taken down. So that was incredibly useful. But for the most part, it, yeah, um, people just couldn't find a way to get along. <laughs> and um, because it's non-physical, you're purely relating to intellect. And um, I think it's got worse over the years. People have seen more and more of it, whether that's to do with greater access. I think in the early days, you had to be quite elite to get online. You know, computers were dead expensive, you know, over a grand in like, what, 90 Six ninety-seven. You know, you had to have a bit of money. Then you had to pay the telephone line and bills. So it was a smaller community, and it was very different then. Whereas now, kind of anybody can get on, and that's changed. So I don't know what that says to you, Rob, or how you can comment on that. But isn't I found it interesting that we had the ability for the first time in history to connect and share, and you know, and instead we're just fighting. So yeah. what? Um, no, that, that, that's a perfect analogy because online dating is the perfect. Um, you have more single people, easier access to more single people ever, than ever before. Um, and yet, because of the behavior, um, most people are turning off it. Um, so there's something that you said that I'd, I'd like to challenge. And, um, and that is when you look at most people, most families don't get along. Uh, I don't mean like they don't ever get along but there's bickering between siblings there's jealousy there's people falling out um so is it just that the internet's just skipping some aspects and going straight to the bickering so so like i'm thinking when you first know people in person you're kind of there's a bit more politeness that you get along when you get your family you kind of get more to um the differences without the politeness is the internet just skipping that politeness sure yeah i guess um but it's a double-edged sword because the beauty of it is you're not restricted by filters like if we're in a room and there's a guy who's six foot four he has a very strong presence i might not tell him to shut up you know so it's unfiltered and unrestricted you are connecting directly to somebody's mind and heart which we've never had the opportunity to do um, but on the other side of it, because we we don't have those boundaries, people can be 
as raw as botulas. So, um, and we know this from Twitter and the England, do you know what I mean? And a lot of it though, what I will go on to say, I'm not defending any of that behavior in any way, but I will say that it's unexamined, unconscious drives that make people do this very often, unless they have staunch political beliefs. It's very, they don't even know really why they're doing it, where that anger comes from. And that I think is what we need to work on perhaps. Yeah. Um, that that reminds me of um, I can't remember who it was, but a few years back there was a I think a heavyweight champion boxer, um, and someone had been slagging him off on Twitter um, about what he was going to do to him, and that and he turned up on his doorstep, <laughs> um, as you can imagine, um, which I thought was quite funny. <coughs> um, so yeah, so there's there's that impact of in person we might not say it. Um, because of uh, it's difficult to say it, whereas it's easier to say it, like on Twitter or something. But is the if someone still thinks it, but they don't say it, um, the problem's still there, really, isn't it? It's just masked in in politeness. Um, so maybe the internet is speeding up the differences so that they get worked out. Um, just an idea. Um, Sandra, I can see you, but there's Janos was first and then it's Selena and then it's you, Sandra. So, yeah, it's quite a lot true behind. But remember, before you actually even wanted something, even knowledge, you had to go and do something about. So save the money, go buy the magazine, take it home. Sometimes you might hide it, that magazine from the whole family. <laughs> we know which magazine we're talking about. And you actually went and connected the people after. But now these days, people just can switch it on anytime when they got the cravings. And they feel like, yeah, the other person, it's like, like that should be as well. So they're not really building that connection towards to that. You know, it's okay to having that cravings. But how you acting that after... That's the key. And that's not the mask. That's about you want to be human being treated. So you should act this way. Do not act as dickhead if you don't accept to somebody treat you like that as well. That's simple. I always say I give for somebody what I would love to have it as well. If not, that's not the point. Think about how many times we bought those magazines and we hide it. And it was good. Sometimes we share it with the friends. And you actually was building connection with the friends about. No? Now, these days, you might be online, get somebody who would give you, might be not even information, might be something bullshit, do a bomb, something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting as well in that, um, so one of the things that struck me, I remember um, learning about loneliness, is if you look at research on loneliness, the group you would expect to be most lonely for most people is old people because they're isolated, they don't see many people. But actually the group that was most, and I think this was pre-internet, um, the, the group that's most lonely is teenagers, and it's because the perception of what they expect to be, of what they expect everyone else is doing, um, is so is to be so much busier that they feel that they're missing out. 
So therefore, um, they're the most lonely. And when you think of Facebook and Instagram, what they're doing is kind of glamorizing how great and YouTubers, how great their life is, um, as, as opposed to yours. Um, there's also something else um, that triggered off from that, Janos, is in that um, because books and magazines and everything else was harder to get, um, now it's kind of like people are, I don't know, are people reading more, people are consuming more, but it's lower quality um, because there's so much... Um, and it's harder to, so it's easier to find information, but it's harder to find quality information because there's so much that you have to filter through it all. Um, and a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation, um, particularly when you look at things like Trump and the vaccine and all of this stuff that you they become so much, you don't know which to believe. Um, okay, so we've got Selena, Sandra, Veronique. Selena. Um, I was just thinking, listening to everyone, especially when you're talking about pre-internet and afterwards, I think the, the word that always comes up for me is communication. I think pre-internet, I think even when I had or still have my ding-dongs with my brothers, they're usually face-to-face. -face. We don't do anything via text or, or online, but with the kids, meaning my nephews and nieces, the, the biggest conversations I've had have been online or through texts. They've never been face-to-face. -face. So when they're around, there's barely any communication. Um, but online, there is with the kids. And it's vice versa with, with my brothers. There's rarely any communication um, on text or online. But there is face-to-face -face and on the telephone. I mean, we still ring each other. Um so I just, I think, the, and as time's gone on, I've, there was a, a, a relationship. It, it was my cousin's relationship. And one of the reasons the relationship didn't last very long is because the lack of communication. He couldn't communicate his needs to her and she couldn't communicate her needs to him. At the end, he turned to Paul and then she found him. And then that was the end for her. Instead of actually looking at what the real underlying issues issues were, so I I think the biggest thing I think is about people, the internet generation, and just the lack of communication. I don't think they've really learned how to communicate face to face. I think they communicate better um, online and via text or whatever. I mean, I don't know. That's just been my experience. Hence why when you've gone on a date and if someone is heavily invested in the, in the internet where they're checking the phone all the time um, and they've sent you these very long texts um, prior to the date, but then you go on the date and there's like total silence. I think that just says it all for me that that person just struggles with communicating because he obviously doesn't struggle with thoughts and feelings but we can write them down but actually to communicate that in words um yeah i'm um, just to pick up on that do you think that is more that they're socially anxious and uncomfortable speaking in person um which they might so um because if someone can 
can communicate well by text because it's like less pressure. So they have something to say, but if they can't say it in the, in sometimes because it's too intense for them and maybe later they can. Possibly, but I think I think if you really want to get to know each other, I, I think you really need to do it, it in person with language. I don't think it can just be all done online. I think there needs to be a balance between, you know, using text and emails and online and actually talking when you're together. I think, you know, there needs to be a balance between the two. If it's too much one or too much of the other, I think that's where sometimes possibly the clashes have happened. Yeah. Um, what, what, I was, what I was trying to get at was... It might be anxiety, like they're they're nervous first couple of dates, but it might be that they open up like later on. Um, do you know, like some people get really nervous and they're anxious uh, and, they, and they're not able to speak. So they have it to say, it's just in person is too intense and maybe later they will. Yeah, but it's actually someone also can say, look, I'm a little nervous. I mean, I've mm. been on dates where, I mean, when I was younger, when I didn't know the whole dating rules and stuff, I would, if I was nervous, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I would say that I was nervous. I think it's okay to say that. I'd rather someone say that than, you know, not, because you're then starting to make assumptions and assume what that person is thinking. And I think that's where sometimes misunderstandings can occur. Yeah, that's true. Um, right, Sandra and then Veronique. Uh, I was going to mention consequences and the role of consequences in um, interpersonal, um, not relationships, but if you're in, if you're speaking to someone physically. Um, and you have other people around you. If you're rude, there are consequences that are immediate. And it's much more difficult for you to extricate yourself from those situations. So you adopt a co um, mannerisms and behavioral patterns that allow you to survive and to engage in those in those circumstances. Whereas online, that is no longer a restriction on your behavior. And if you um, if people come at you, you can just press the button and everybody disappears. And I think um, being free from the immediate reaction of people to any untoward behavior on your part um, has made people more less less afraid to show um, certain unpleasant sides to themselves. They're they're emboldened, I think, because there's nobody to tell them it's inappropriate. Um, and even if that is the case, it may be a stranger that they'll never see again, and they'll probably tell you off as well. So uh, I, I think the, 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 that has created a kind of coarseness that you don't get when it was just face to face. Mm. 
more face-to-face. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the, the internet works in interests and tri, tri, like tribal interests. And so you congregate with people who are like-minded. Um, and so if you look in Facebook groups, one of the things is everyone's like, different Facebook groups have different cultures and they have different values. And so they're all there that there's a certain point of view and anyone who has a different point of view kind of gets hounded out of that group or or they become ostracized and people it's like um was it trish tristram what's that netflix thing about the internet and social dilemma tristram uh harris i think tristram harris um and he talks about how we get to see what reinforces what we already believe. And in the same way, because we, everyone else is thinking the same. So like, for example, if you you had someone like red pill theory, which is a real toxic, um, bitter men's group. Um, and they'll all tell each other that it's right. Um, whereas normally they would be like 1% or 2% maybe of the population. But when there's, thousands of them in a group they feel yeah yeah i'm right because look he's saying it he's saying it he's saying it which to some extent you always had like the lads down the pub would have a similar point of view and so then they would um but on the internet most of your information is is quite it's like informationally tribal um and so that shapes your point of view and so there you think you're justified um, and you don't get moderated as much by the differences of different people. So, yeah, I think that's um, something. Well, um, well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at this group, for instance, and I see the value of looking at people's faces, listening to their opinions, how they express, you know. This, this is so valuable when you want to meet someone. And, uh, and and I think this is what's missing, the platform where you have lots of different people. You could say that they're looking for someone and, and, and just have like beautiful topics like this one. I mean, this is very close to, to human needs. So have such topics and then you, 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 can, you can see who you like, <laughs> you can see, and you build friendships. I mean, the first thing is building friendships. So when you were talking about this arranged marriage, I mean, I, I love these stories because first of all, there's a lot of wisdom and there's a lot of support, you know, between, I'm not talking about the horror ones, but generally, you know, in India, because I watch quite a few of those things because I'm, I'm attracted to these cultures. And, and and it's a support of the family. I mean, I know why my relationship never, ever worked. is because my mother was a monster, you know. And I, I'm saying that with love because I realize now what she was so that I become who I am. But nonetheless, it affected my relationship. My, my, because if we don't have the, the babyhood of love to see what the parents are, we don't attract this. But these families, they seem to be more, you know, uh, attuned to this kind of wisdom you know it's like the grandparents look after the the young ones because the parents are at work so we've got a very good model to look at and and most of it is it's about learning to be with another person so so when somebody is 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 chosen for you because there's a lot of factors surrounding that you know and when you watch those films i must say it's quite exciting 
And then once you have got someone and you get on with them, how beautiful is that? I've also had that, that, that. So I like that idea. And I think platforms like this, rather than all individuals trying to sell themselves, because you can't, you can't really, you can't really show yourself. You can show yourself for five minutes, but it's it's not always, you know, you need more than that. You need more than the face. You need more than the text. You, you need even more than, than the, just the talk. You need to look. You see somebody's eyes, you know, you see how they express. It's very valuable. And that's what's missing in our society where we all want to be independent. We all want to be choosing each other because, you know, it's nice to do that as well. And also, if you're connected to the universe, you can ask the universe. But a lot of them are not connected. Like, I'm not always connected. So, therefore, it's my job to do this and to do that. And it's very difficult. But I think, you know, this, 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 these lovely uh, platforms are very serving. That's it. Thank you. Um, I just noticed in the chat, I don't know if you want to uh, um, expand on that, Selena, about I'm really interested in what you said about the language we, we're using seems so challenging. I don't know if there's more to... Um, well, I mean, I know like next week you're going to look at the, the flip side of this, but it's just uh, I'd like to think that no matter what I do or think, that there is still hope, but it's just listening to everyone. I, together in one space, it just feels that all the language that we're using is there's no hope in the language. So I suppose you know we we want something, but then we we kind of analyse things in such a negative way. But there must have been some aspects of the a relationship that was good otherwise you wouldn't have embarked on it so sometimes i think it's important to learn from the good as well as the things that didn't go so so right mm. um and i suppose that's what i was trying to trying to say it's about you know not kind of saying that it, everything is bad but what is actually the what aspects is it? What is it that we're looking for ourselves that we are not getting from the other person? Um, mm. I suppose. Okay, um, I, I picked on that on that because um, it really just echoes something um, I think, which is really dating is really one person connecting to another person. It's the most natural um, thing in the world. Um, and yet there's something about the way that we look at relationships, the way that it's all set up, which makes it really difficult um, because it, it, it shouldn't be difficult. And I suppose what, what I'm trying to bring out in that is that all of humanity, um, I don't know how, how long humans have been going, millions of years, billions, um, I can't remember. Um, but we have been managed to, re to reproduce throughout definitely millions of years. Um, so it's quite natural. Um, and yet there's something in the story of dating that's made it more complex um, and that's something that we're putting in 
Um, and so that's really what I want to get through this weekend next. Um, okay. Um, so it, I think it was Jan Ossen and Carl. Yeah, if I now listen all that stories, it's actually triggered me one thing. Do we actually listen? Why we listen? Do we listen to understand or we do listen just to reply? Because the communication and the connection is start when you're searching to understand. And that's where it starts call relation with the people. When you start understanding from where that's coming, not just simply reply. And that's what the internet taking away from you. There is no such of communication in the internet. There is some kind of sharing information, nothing else. There is no meaning behind. You can't understand from where that's coming. And another thing is what make me somebody realize recently. Sometimes we just so much stimulus we got in the life. We just basically shut down and we can't focus in anything anymore. We have to stop to do that. We have to stop thinking about one thing at the moment and just move by step by step. But what we do instead, we start running straight away. We start searching so much information rather than understanding first. What's that actually? Is that really me? Is that really I can relate to that? Is that really how I can connect with that person? Because we are basically just be afraid to be bored and to be failed. Uh, Carl? Yeah, I kind of was going in the same direction as Janos in so much as intimacy is the key term and that's what we, you know, what we desire on some level. But Janos, you know, she's right in so much as we don't get that from, you know, dates and going out and distractions and, you know, vetting. It, it, it kind of comes from sort of a softness and a stillness. And I guess you could call it being bored. That's a good point. But um, I used to do something really intimate with a friend and that was we would sit in silence and hold eye contact. It's one of the most intimate things you can probably do. There's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. You are literally just faced with the presence of somebody and vice versa. And that kind of gave me such a level of intensity and connection. Um, and it's given me the contrast to see that what we're calling connection is often very much um, like me, desire me, rather than sharing what's internal or being quiet enough and still enough to notice each other on a real level. Otherwise, it's just a cycle of thoughts about and going backwards and forwards and evaluation and plus and minus and win or lose of love and war, rather than just that sort of open tenderness you might have when you hold a baby, you know, one that's not screaming. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a really good point, but it's very hard to talk about. So that's why I'm going to show up. Uh, Robert, you're muted. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's everything's fine. I, I, you know, again, it's it's, um, it's great chat, really. Um, I'm, I'm mindful as well as like 
to always try and look at things from another perspective because I, I like I'm on board with everything that we're all saying. But if I, I become quite conscious of my own age now, you know, is that sort of thing has happened, you know. Um, and I'm looking at the younger generation and I'm trying to think what are the positive things that the younger generation have got going for them in terms of aspect of being human and things like this. Um, and I just wonder sometimes, and I just put it out there, okay, just be the devil, devil's advocate. Maybe our generation got it wrong and maybe actually getting to know each other through nonsense will get us to a better place holistically as a species. Um, I don't know, you know, because I, I, I always try to look think, oh, this is how I see life and this is how, how I validate things in my life. But the world is changing so much so. Um, and for the, the younger generation, that's, that's how they're going to, that's how they're going to come through and they have to enjoy their generation. And with things like artificial intelligence coming in now, and you've got different countries that have got sort of three to one ratio of women and men. Um, you know, society's going to change in a way that we wouldn't recognise it, say, in 10 years' time, I'm sure. And probably it has already, you know. Um, and so I, I, for me, I, I'm, I've become quite conscious that this is a conversation that's likely to happen with people over a certain age bracket in general. And hence, when I look at everybody, we're all that little bit older here, you know. Um, and, and I sometimes think maybe the way that the youngsters are doing it on the internet is just the zeitgeist, and maybe that's something that's necessary in order for something to, to flourish, something to grow. Maybe people, maybe the younger generation will get on board and, um, and carry on the way it is. Or maybe at some point there'll be a turning point and they'll say, no, actually, It'll it'll jettison them to a better place again, and and, and leapfrog. Because if if I think back to um, when I was a child, I know that you know when I looked at my mum and my dad and and people of those generations, it was impossible to get any emotion from them. They wouldn't pass any emotional conversation down to you. I I didn't know hardly anything about them. I've had to find out more. Um, by trying to do, um, you know, ancestry and trying to work out, well, who were they? Because they never, they never used to talk about their feelings. And now, and now we say things are changing, so that's great because we're part of that change. And then we've got the next generation taking it to the, to, to the other level. So maybe they'll talk too much about nonsense and not understand it, but maybe at some point that will all work out and, and, and as a species we'll be better for it. I don't know if it's a necessary evil having the internet or not. Um, but I, I love technology, but I've I, I've kind of gone against it. I, I'm not so switched on to it anymore now. But then I'm I am accepting that maybe that's an aspect for me as a challenge because of because of my age and my heritage. You know, mm -hmm. so that's, that's that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I always believe I always believed fundamentally the future is going to be better than, than the past. Um, and I think sometimes you can look at things being worse. Um, you can see them get being worse, but it's because they're being worse, you're working out issues that will propel you to be much better in the future. Um, I think there's, there's so much being worked out in this generation in terms of gender, in terms of sexuality, in terms of race, 
Um, uh, and I think I think that's all. Like there's this big conflict of everything going on at the moment, um, which I think is is going to resolve it eventually. Just as a quick poll, who? Um, okay, quick poll. First of all, who would get rid of the internet and the technology related to it? So, um, hands up if you would. Nicole, that's two hands up. Okay, who said so no one? Or is that Carl? Carl's to talk. Um, okay, who would like to be, all right, just throwing it out there as a wild thing, who would like to be born in a different time, like any time in history? Robert, uh, what time? Do you know what? As funny as it sounds, I'd like to be born in the future. I'd like to be born in, in 10 or 15 years' time because I, 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 for the reasons you mentioned, I think a lot of all of these issues that have built up through, through prejudice, through race, and through humans seeing each other as different, I think, mm. I think we'll be faced as a species with real big calamities, and I'm hoping that that's going to rally the spirit round and we'll just forget all these silly differences mm. and things will get better. Um, well, well, I look at... Um, if you look at the 50s and the 60s, were really a time when lots got resolved. Um, I'm thinking the American uh, civil rights. Um, there was, like, in terms of research, there's so much research into obedience and um, changing from di dictate, dictatorial. Um, it was like the height of the Cold War, which worked out the whole capitalist communist um, thing. Do we centrally control everyone or do we? allow individualism um and and that was really initiated from the the second world war um and so it was the aftermath sometimes we need great great conflict in order to recognize um just the the everyday things i i, I think that whatever we can see in an extreme so, like, everyone looks at Hitler or um, trying to think of someone else. Hitler or um, some like someone that everyone agrees that's evil, but we all do the same thing, but to different intensity. So, I think we can look at anyone else, and I've always learned from the most extreme by by looking at extreme people and thinking, okay, where do I do this, or where do people do this to a lesser degree? Um, and I think there's a, <clears throat> there's, yeah, definitely, um, Stalin and, um, <laughs> um yeah, so, so I think we can look at, I think there's a common thread of humanity and whatever anyone does, whatever anyone else does, we do to a lesser extent. Um, but the contrast, where the contrast is greater, we can see it more easily um, and then we can see it in ourselves. Um, okay. Um, trying to think of what started that. But, uh, yeah, okay, we're on to Carl. 
I was just going to feed back into what Robert was talking about, about future generations. And I, I have literally been on the fence about this in so much as we've got this powerful technology, um, but will it be used for um, self-absorption and narcissism or will it be used for learning and betterment? One thing I think is good is, um, you know, back in the days when pub was community, you always had a Billy bullshitter in the pub, whereas now you can look up anything <laughs> Say, you know, that's not right. What are you talking about? I think that's great. So there's a level of honesty that perhaps will develop because people know you can't just talk shit and say, you know, I'm uh, I'm Elton John's cousin or something like that. So that will help. Um, this is another 50-50 thing, but there will be more self-awareness because people are putting themselves out there on social media. Now, not everybody. Some people will just blindly post pictures of them with drinks in their hand like that, you know, and all sorts and cocaine all over their nose, whatever. But there will be a level, I hope it doesn't border on to paranoia of self-awareness. So I'm quite hopeful for the young people in the future that I never had this sort of stuff. If I had questions, I just went with what my mum told me. And quite frankly, my mum was a fucking idiot. So I'm glad that we've got the internet to be able to just ask anything we don't know and simplify things and improve our lives. And, you know, if we want to make changes, it's, you know, quite simple. So that's kind of my two cents on it. Sandra? Except that you need to have the tools to discern what's proper information and what's not. You can be totally, you can be totally misguided. You have to still learn to ask why, how, what, um, etc. You, you can't take everything from the internet and think that it's gospel. There's still people out there trying to mislead, trying and trying to do things that are not for the right reasons. So if you don't have the power of discernment, then you're still going to be led down the garden path. So you still have to have um, cognitive skills that are well honed to deal with the plethora of information that bombards you from all quarters. Yeah, flat earth is right, yeah. There's that too. So um, yes, so it's good in one sense and it's good that information can be readily available. Uh, you can find information on any topic, but it's how you search. First of all, it's the questions that you ask, what you want answered and how do you, <laughs> and how do you, um, you know, sift through all of that to come up with, with, with proper answers that guide you properly and not take you further down the rabbit hole. Uh, Carl, is, are you up to speak again? Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, when, when Sandra's saying that, I'm just reminded of, you know, like, you see these jokes of, like, like they have the Darwin Awards and you have some of the, like the, the level of stupidity that comes out of, um, you know, of what people believe and how people act. And um, because when you give someone a, a, a microphone, you, broad, you can broadcast your, what is it? Is it Oscar Wilde said, 
um, when you stay silent, no one knows um, how intelligent you are. And when you speak, they know how stupid you are, um, something like that. Um, so it's also a great source of, of humour. Um, okay, so I'm trying to think we've covered quite a bit. Um, so there was something, uh, I think it was Selena said that triggered an idea for me. Um, uh, Selena talks about um, being open, honest, um, like wanting from someone open, openness, honesty, um, and something else. And straight after Veronique talked about uh, honest, open, authentic, truthful. Um, okay, so what might be worth if we switch off for two minutes? So switch off your camera and just think what three qualities would be most important for you in um, looking for a partner in online dating? So um, everyone's gone now, so I can't see. But does everyone does everyone get the question? Do we have hands or yeah. yes? What yeah. three qualities would you most seek in a partner? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to go two minutes. Um, right. So you can only choose three qualities. Which three do you choose? Right. So. Um, okay, so um, we'll go quickly into breakout rooms to talk about what are your three qualities. Um, we'll do three minutes and then we'll switch room. Welcome back. Um, so it might be interesting if people want to share and put in the chat what were the top three qualities. Um, does anyone want to, in the meantime, um, does anyone want to share or anything that struck them in discussion? I just got a text message from Robert. It says, ask and titties. So I don't know. That's only two, though. What was the third one, Robert? Oh, you're talking to me? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't sure if it was me or Robert. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rob, Rob. <laughs> well, nobody else is speaking, so I will. Um, I just said, I was very broad. I said um, body, mind, and soul. And I feel that if one of those three key jigsaw pieces isn't quite in balance, it doesn't seem to work somehow. But those three key elements, I know it's very broad, but if you stew on that a little bit, it does kind of work. It works for me, seemingly. Anyway. Okay. What I was using in my group, I just said, what I like, so many people using integrity, self-awareness, I like to use the word of craziness. It's the crazy part of the person, you know. We're actually able to express that, accept it inside, and to be go for it. Show for the world. Don't be afraid, do with me. And honesty and loyalty, those are very important to build up together. 
to feel forever young with the person. Forever young, that's a nice way of putting it. Um, honesty seems to be, like, honesty seems to stand out for me. I, I chose authenticity, which means both of them are authentic with each other and very open-minded in the sense that each one uh, think of their own ideas, but they also look at from the other sides and trustworthiness, which is, yeah, honesty. Hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Um, now, this is a quick, we've been moaning all, um, all night. Um, the quick, the number one frustration you have with dating. Not listen. Transgenders. My own projections. Misunderstanding. Misunderstanding. Yeah. For me, it's either lack of reciprocation or that person not knowing themselves and where they're at or what they want, I think. Without expectation or pressure, but yeah. Judgmental mm. is that when people ask you questions about, you know, have you ever been with a woman or have you ever, you know, that sometimes I think and they really ask me the question because they really want to know the answer. Um, and and then when you are when you are honest, it's like the shock on their face. And so I just think, yeah, it's just the judgment that comes from people so I always think you should if you're going to ask a question then you need to expect the answer um, so I, whereas yeah. kind of asking the question for does it hit their checklist or not yeah yeah because mm. I'm, a, I'm a big one about not labels I'm not somebody who, who likes labels um, against them all my life so really for me it's just about who you click with and who you're attracted to at that in that moment in time but when people say like when they want to put you in a box I sometimes think that there's a it's something about them not about me but then you know then they judge the answer that they get so I just think it's um yeah that can be a bit Okay. Fear of being imprisoned and not free. Your fear so. of being imprisoned. Yeah, in your fear or, or theirs. Oh no, mine, mine is oh, it's really mine. <laughs> <laughs> what date insight are you on? <laughs> <laughs> My own. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I don't like if um topic of 
materialism comes up, you know, earnings, how much do you earn, where do you live, postcodes, what car, all that sort of material stuff. Mm-hmm. I have a difficulty with that because because I live rurally, I do want to know if somebody's got a car because it is a pain in the ass running people about to and fro and four journeys. So I do ask that. And it's not really chit-chat, it's practical. It's something I, I need to know if they drive. There's a difference between do you have a car and what kind of car do you have? What model do, do you have? Uh, um, you know, so and so and so. There's a big difference. And oh, how much do you earn? Being interrogated is just the pits. I, well, you all, I think most of you know that I will speak my mind and I, so I won't hide information but necessarily but let it come out so it's not an interrogation you know and especially if they're asking and you ask a question and they're evading they're not answering but they're coming at you they want to know everything about you but they're giving nothing away mm. but then I'm kind of hot-blooded so I will you know I'll just say shut down this is over. I'm done. <laughs> Forget it. I can't be bothered with this rubbish. But nonetheless, I think um, the amount of information that we give uh, is out to people is something that we should be comfortable with. And if somebody makes us feel uncomfortable, then we should not feel that we have to suffer it and give it because we are expected to uh, you know and that that makes me feel uncomfortable and I will confess I will lash out I am gone (laughs) so perhaps Robbie you might be able to explain this why is it we don't have websites that are you know honestpeople.com or um, integrity individuals no, why why are we not looking at the values of um, internal capacity, and instead it's I don't know, yeah. Um, wasn't it you who questioned that in the chat? Maybe. Yeah, um, and I think that that's quite perceptive. Is that, is that um, if you're going to go mass market? And you're going to sell something. You're going to sell on. You're going to get the hottest guy, hottest girl. Um, and like, if you look at Claire or L'Oreal or something, they don't say you're going to have an authentic connection. You're going to have. You're going to have the dream. You're going to have be with like links. Um, and I think when you're looking at dating sites because it's a consumer um, product you're gonna you're gonna what's gonna work is gonna hit the masses so the biggest ones are match plenty of fish um, tinder uh, which is probably the most superficial ones as well um, just because that's where that's what um, so yeah I think you're and I think the promise is easy, easy, easy dating, get your dreams. It, it's, um, we were talking about 
younger generation, and by which I assume we're talking about millennials. And I'm reminded every time I hear that, I'm reminded of Simon Sinek's rant about the millennial generation. If anyone's seen it, um, if not, look it up. It's um, is a video. We just went on a rant and said, like the whole millennial generation is a failed parenting, and it's like the expectation of impact without effort and without time and patience and they've grown up in a time of expecting instant gratification um and it's instant gratification that sells um everyone really wants the deep down like we're talking now we all want honest and um deep intimate relationship but we're talking from a rational intellectual perspective um, and when it gets to the hormonal primal element we go for the hot one um, and I think that's what sells um, so yeah I think um, I think it will always be when when you're selling to the masses, it's always going to be the lowest common denominator is going to win. Like if you look at relationship or dating advice, it's always the, it's like the send this text, do this, say this thing, um, because people want a magic bullet. Um, Selena. Can I just say, I mean, I've, just put in the chat that every site, whatever honesty, even if you had an honesty site, it would be open to to dishonesty. But I think one thing that I've come across a big telltale sign is that in my culture we have arranged marriages, but even arranged marriages now for this for the the new generation has become throwaway. In my time, divorce or not being married was a real stigma and. You were hidden away, never went to family gatherings, never was brought out in public. Um, but this generation, they are marrying, divorcing, marrying, divorcing. And that is within arranged marriages. I think this this culture of everything, instant gratification, and I want that gratification now. Once I have it, I know I can get it elsewhere. So why would I want to be with one person I think there's some something in our psyche that that is what's developing um, and I'm not too sure why that's developing but I think that that comes across mm. I'm, I'm not sure that's entirely um, bad because I think a lot of the marriages that were long-lasting traditionally were bad marriages but it was like people were trapped in them I think there's a level of discernment. I think the real issue is that we don't know how, like when we disconnect, we don't know how to realign, how to get that connection back. And I think that is the missing element. Um, there, there is, I think most couples that break up um, would, given the right, given the ability to, to heal their differences and reconnect would be better staying together. Um, however, without knowing that, um, 
that would just be frustrating for people. Um, so I think there's, I think there's expectations, but it's also, um, I think people are less willing to tolerate, um, which isn't a bad thing, but I think equally, I, I get your point, And I think people should be able to work out their differences. But I think it, it's a knowledge gap. Um, that's the real issue of not being able to resolve them. Sandra. I think um, we're also um, more interested in our evolution or development of self and within a relationship, if who you are finding yourself to be um, at say point B after marriage um, is no longer compatible with the relationship, then that is when you find now that more people may be brave enough to say this no longer works for me. Um, I want out. Um, and also I've, I've been reading, I've seen a couple of articles where people talk about marriages dying a natural death. In other words, people come to the conclusion that there's nothing more that the marriage can give to both of them that is of value. Um, that it's not evolving anymore, it's not doing anything for them. There is nothing on which they can build further. And so it's better if they allow them the marriage to, to, to um, end and possibly start afresh, a anew, maybe with, a, you know, find another partner or not have another partner because maybe they're at the stage where they want to be focused on themselves. And um, I think we, this thing of, of stigma is something that is not uh, holding as much power as it is over people anymore. And as a result of that, people are now becoming braver and also having the economic stability that allows you to split um, is also driving some of that. But I think, and also let's face it, we're living longer. And so, you know, a, a, a typical marriage that would probably have lasted 40 years or 30 years or so and so, you know, people are heading to 50 years and there, there's this whole discussion now about why is it that people in their 60s, there's this phenomenon of people in their 60s divorcing. And in many instances, you also find out that if you have a typical husband, say for a female point of view, where a husband has spent probably 60 hours a week at work and he then retires and comes home, who is this stranger invading your, play, your, your space? Who is he? And you don't want to share this space with him because he's uprooting your routine and he wants you now to come and do things with him and you're at his beck and call when you've had your life structured in such a way to fill all those gaps when he was not around. So I think that um, as, we, as we evolve and as we go through our reasons for either 
wanting to end a marriage or to not be in a marriage or to find a new relationship. Well, polyamory seems to be a, a thing now. It seems to be coming up now where people seem to be finding, oh, we need to add a third party to this thing because the two of us are just not enough. Uh, that's not for me, but um, it's there. Uh, so, yeah. I think, um, I think change is part of the equation. Yeah, I think I think you, you've pulled out um, some of the real... Uh, the real issue is everything's really changed. Like the, the environment in which we have relationships has changed completely, um, which as in the relationship is longer. Uh, this fine, for the first time really last 50 years has been the first time when we've been financially stable enough to, to be able to support the two households. Um, there's the the part of people used to die earlier and so that you didn't have the retirement whereas now you've got um and i think um daniel schloss's jigsaw thing brings up the whole idea of how many people are living relationships that they're kind of escaping from each other and i think the pandemic has, has shown that um i someone told me there's like 81 percent increase in People seeking advice for divorce and um, separation and things like that, marital um, things since since lockdown um, opened. Um, but the other the other part, which kind of um, Robert touched on, and um, I just want to double click on there in, in um, like the the relationships, is that. I think what happens when you have so much technology is that you speed up the velocity of life. So the amount of interactions, the amount of stuff that happened in your life um, has probably sped up, I don't know, two, three times. So where, um, when we, before we had the internet, stuff happens m much less, like maybe, there's a couple of highlights in a week, whereas now you've been bombarded with stuff. Because there's so much news, you're being bombarded with stuff. Because technology means that you're having, particularly like even using Zoom as opposed to physical meetings, means that you have more meetings. So there's more velocity, more ideas, more talking to people. And that whole, that dynamic means we have a need for greater stimulus of attention, which is kind of really what the social dilemma is talking about, is that the internet distorts our attention by being overstimulated. Um, so there is that, there is the ability to deal with stress, but there's the fact that a 40-year relationship in today's climate is probably more like a 60 or 60-year relationship because so much more is happening um and when you like i i often talked about that i think the relationship is set when you meet and it just plays out and if you the, the speed of the velocity of what's going on in your life determines how quickly that's going to play out in a relationship so it determines so the velocity of your life meaning how many much stuff is happening in that time because the, the time is still passing the same but if we're now putting so much more stuff, that's more stress, that's more challenge, 
that's more for the relationship to deal with and that's when stuff the problems the conflicts in relationship get um come out quicker and more frequently so yeah i think that's a, a real change in relationships um i think it was veronique first and then nicole Yes, I mean, um, it, it, for me, it feels very much like all those last conversations is about us evolving. And as a result of this, we need to find ourselves. So we're going to have lots and lots of different experiences, relationships with everybody, and uh, just to, to, to check what what we resonate with, what we're still triggering with, and then and then once we're ready, we let go. And and even when when um, Robert was talking about the future, I'm, I mean, oh, when I when I speak to my children on the phone, they, they are flowing with life so beautifully. And sometimes I'm with them, not very often, and I see how they interact with others. I mean, I wish I was like that, you know, so freely and so spontaneously, and and they really are living life more than me in my head about how they are doing you know they're just living life and it's so beautiful and i think i think i think the whole world is is and i mean at every stage i see the beauty of every stages of of life you know from the last ages this age and and the next one but I, but i can see it i can hear it as well but i can see it with them and um that's it hmm. um i think it's really interesting that Definitely, I know my generation or I, my experience was it was kind of like unconscious rules of the game of life were to gather as much stuff as you could. Um, and now I'm looking and like clutter is a big problem because we've had too much stuff that we don't really care about. Um, and then just following up on that and, and Janos and Nicole's comments, um, I think it's also... If you look at when I was growing up, like 10, 15 years ago, people would laugh at meditation and mindfulness I'd never heard mentioned. Um, and people are filling their lives with stuff to do. It's like their parents are so busy because they're sending kids to this class, this class, this class, because we're still working on the paradigm that if you feel more into it, we uh, life is better. Um, and we're now getting to the stage where we've got too much stuff and we have to do extra stuff like mindfulness um, and meditation to cope with the busyness of our lives. Um, uh, Nicole, did you have something to add? I did, but I bloody forgot. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's usually my trick. Um Okay, right, so anyone else have a moan, gripe, comment on modern dating before we all despair and come back next week for a more positive? I, I have, as you know, joined two sites and I'm still trying to make up my mind which one I should actually subscribe to. So here goes. Did um, Match and what's the other one? Parship? Okay, fine. On Match, 
Hmm, all of these, oh, these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, oh, viewed you or whatever, and hundred and how many of whatever it is to um, like you. And what I feel is there's a little bit of a marketing thing that's underpinning all of this to get you to subscribe and pay. So these numbers, one must not think that it's flattery, that people really like you. All of these people really like you. Numbers are there to get you to feel that there are people who actually do like you. So you need to pay some money to see who these people are. So I think it's, um, and, and it's not cynicism, but it's, it's, it's reality because that's what marketers do. They make you want something that you never thought that you wanted and that you cannot do without it. So here it is. This is the marketing. So um, what you're reading from what you're seeing is not necessarily actually what is. That's that's what I'm getting from it. Mm. Right? Because clearly there is a push and a pull. I need to let her see that they, she has a chance of finding somebody here because these numbers are really climbing. So she must pay the subscription. And when she does, then she'll come on board and she'll be hooked. And, 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 and so that's another fish that we have caught. Uh, <laughs> right? Whereas um, there's nothing, yeah, you're supposed to do the personality tests and all the rest of it, and all of the criteria should help to filter out people that you don't want. But they're still there. They're all there. Because those are the people who help to make up the numbers. So you still have to go in and filter out all of these people that you thought that you were filtering out by answering these wretched questions. <laughs> I see Tia, Tia is nodding her head. She's, she's agreeing with me. So um, it's up front to catch you and, <laughs> and, 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 and pull you in. But it doesn't really make it that much easier for you, I find. Even though there are these filters that I suppose, because if I look at my thing and I tell you, oh, it says you've had 900, and this is what I saw this morning, you've got 993 looks, views. Oh my God. Okay, fine. Okay. And out of that, I've got 160 something likes. So I should feel flattered, shouldn't I? And I should haul up my credit card and immediately pay because God, the whole world loves me. Ah, no. When I go, when I look, because you can see, like maybe 35% of them don't meet one or two of the criteria that I established that I, you know, that's supposed to filter them out. So out of that, maybe it's only two or three or four, maybe 10, that I could probably say hello to. <laughs> I would want to say hello to. So that's my grab since we're moaning this, this evening. Um, mm. That's my grab. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's, Gary Vaynerchuk that said that marketers ruin everything. Um, and it's really based on the, the idea of like the tragedy of the commons, because there's when there's a resource that's available, then people are always gonna um milk it dry. Um 
So, yeah. Um, okay. Um, ah, Veronique. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say, because it's a visual thing, I mean, that's what I do, but, I, I mean, that's how I feel, is the photographs are quite quite important because it's a visual thing. So if, if you if you um if you're not too good looking, for instance, you know, like you're I mean I I, I one I don't show my face on the first one and after that you can hardly see me. And what I wear is just really, really plain. And it's like it's like the visual is, you know, like I'm not one type or I'm not this type. So maybe that's a little bit and, and then afterwards you 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 can see people want to get to know you maybe you know i mean that that's that's my thought about the visual thing <laughs> hmm. yeah i i think the fact of being online slants it towards being more visual um whereas in person you you pick up people's mannerisms and stuff like that um and but yeah, that's where the artificiality of online makes it more superficial. Okay. On with Veronique, actually, in that um, when I've done it, I've not put necessarily my best self, my best pictures out there because it's a matter of, well, no, because this is who I am kind of thing. You know what I mean? I'm not always at my best. So take it or leave it and get to know me as is. Mm. Um, but some take that to the extreme and really put things that there is no, absolutely no hope in hell that I'm telling you, hello, there's no way it's going to happen. Right? You can't, <laughs> like, apart, oh, somebody wrote an article and saying the things that you should do if you want to. And fish was one of the things that she said to those men with the fish pictures, please put away the fish. And then the other one was the dark glasses. People need to see your eyes. And I mean, I agree with her because I just pass you over if there's this, especially the reflective ones. What's the point? Um, yeah, those those two things in particular she mentioned. So there must be something in it. And the men don't seem to learn. Don't, don't, don't do it. And and, and, the selfies, and the selfies in the mirror with you know the the belly hanging out and you know the hairs on the shoulder and shoulders and uh, you need to make a YouTube video, Sandra, of what not to do. <laughs> but, but exactly, but the thing is, you know, it's not it's. If you, if you had on a shirt, you know, and you had all of those things, because come on, let's face it, we all have things that we don't want people to see. But just just cover it up. I could probably like you, but just seeing that is enough to just, I, I'm just like, yeah. Whereas if you had on a shirt, I'd probably say, mm, not bad. I'll say hello. To me, it's like an interview. You put your best foot forward for an interview. And I'm not saying that you must be glamorous and, you know, come like Kim Kardashian or um, who is, I can't even think of a flamboyant man, but you know what I mean. Um, that's not the point. But at least be scrubbed and cleaned and uh, cleaned up and, um, you know, that's all. 
Because if you look messy, I'm going to say, oh, well, he's probably not going to be very um, attentive to me. He's not going to be particularly um, careful. He just looks sloppy, untidy, don't care. And maybe that's how he is. And that's that goes against the grain with me. Try Bumble instead. That might be easier. Then you're in complete control. We don't get loads of likes. Oh, Bumble. I am getting sure. 27, 28, 29-year-old little boys trying to... (laughs) Come now. I don't need... Are you good at my son? (laughs) My son would say, Mommy, what is wrong with you? You're crazy. What's this? You're embarrassing me. No way. (laughs) I only ask that you be clean no fish, no glasses let me see your eyes no stray hairs just, just, just put on a shirt that's all and no no beard that is out here and down there, I mean I'm not kissing here it's not happening (laughs) can I be honest from what you've just said, that sounds exactly like Robert Mansfield. Look, he's got a shirt on, no beard. Come on. <laughs> no, he doesn't have a beard. He's cool. <laughs> I-, I noticed you turned your camera off, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> he's shaving. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just thinking you're whistling down those 900s. I'm probably down to about 50 now, don't you think? <laughs> it's not worth it. That's the bottom line. I think it's it's just I don't know. I'd rather meet people in a in a in somewhere and just talk to them and see if we find somebody that you you know you click with. That that to me is just you know, see if their pheromones get excited and you find them attractive and stuff, you know. Mm. And if the smile reaches the eyes and those kinds of things, that's what gets to me, you know. Is the smile genuine? The person is actually looking at you and they're pleasant. And they smell like they, they've had a shower before they came out, you know, those things. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, so now we've moaned. It's time next week to look at um, what would be better. Um, so that's so we've looked at what's the current state, what are the problems with the current state. So next week um, we'll have a discussion about how could it be better. How could we make dating work? Okay. Uh, Well, thank you, everyone. Um, And have a good week. And see you next week. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.